You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. What's up, Mike? Same old Derek. We're here. We are here. We're here with some awesome guests. We're here right now at the Buffalo Distilling Company. Uh, we're joined by four guests. Do you guys want to introduce yourself? Uh, Timothy Smith, our operations manager. I'm uh, Kevin Ford, uh, head distiller. And Frank Weber, co-founder. I'm uh, Craig Lucas. I was an intern here at Buffalo Distilling. Uh, Trocare graduate of the uh, Brewing Distilling. Distillation Fermentation Sciences course. I am now the assistant brewer at Pearl Street Riverworks and head distiller at the Lafayette Distilling, and that is our first announcement of that. Cool. Okay, great. Cool. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks to these guys for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We are going to release this episode, yeah, so uh, so everyone knows we're going to do it this coming Sunday. Uh, that way we can make sure that we get the word out for all of this products that's going to be releasing soon, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But uh, just starting from the from the ground up here, we, we just did a tour with uh, the, the team here, and do you just want to give a brief promotion of what you guys are doing, what products you guys have? Yeah, uh, we are making, uh, the big thing we do here is that we're a grain-to-glass uh, farm distillery, which means that all the spirits that we make, uh, the ingredients, the raw materials, 100% uh, of those raw materials are coming from western New York. Uh, so right now we make a variety of whiskey products. Uh, the most popular on the shelf is a bourbon whiskey, uh, but they're all small batches, and we have a lot uh, in barrels right now that are going to be announced soon. Uh, we also make a Krupnik, uh, one of our most popular products, a spiced honey liqueur. Uh, we sell a barrel-aged version of that around Dingus Day and Christmas. Uh, we also make an apple brandy. Uh, that was our first product that we ever made uh, when we were still in a barn out in Alden. Um, we also make a craft vodka, from scratch, start to finish, which is almost unheard of. Um, working on a gin right now. Uh, we make a peppermint vodka, a flavored vodka. Uh, we also make a, a rye-based white uh, moonshine, kind of white whiskey unaged product, uh, as well as an apple spiced version of that. All the ingredients are coming from Western New York, uh, Erie, Wyoming County, uh, from small farms, uh, small producers. Awesome. So really quick, you just said that you started the bar before here uh, in Alden. 
you wanted to speak on that or where you started and where you're at now? Yeah. Sure. yeah. So <clears throat> we we started uh, like hillbilly moonshine. <laughs> 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 uh, the, it, the story has it has roots uh, in the hills of Wyoming County. Uh, we say Alden. Uh, it, it was on the edge of Alden. It was actually in Bennington. Bennington is such a small t town. It's not even a town. It doesn't have a mailing address, so you actually have to wow. use Alden's zip code because Bennington doesn't have a zip code. But uh, the the whole thing started as as a hobby. Uh, my uncle had a homemade still that was given to him by a by a, a moonshiner from uh, uh, the Carolinas. Uh, his nickname was Cowboy Bob. Nice. Cowboy Bob <laughs> brought up this this little homemade pot still, and uh, showed my uncle John John Weber how to how to use it. And eventually, it made its way out to to my house, which was a good spot to do it because it was you know my house was on a dirt road in Bennington, not a lot of you know visibility. So we started playing around with this thing. And my family always made hard cider. So we were looking for any kind of fermented product to throw in the still and, and see what would come out of it. So we started throwing some of the hard cider in there and voila, we had apple brandy, That's basically. Awesome. So uh, flash forward a couple of years, we're having these little distilling parties, which there is no legal home distilling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no legal. Yeah. Uh, but my current, one of my current business partners, he would come out, uh, Andy Wagerson, he would come out and hang out. And he was really enthusiastic about it as well. And he's, you know, he's like, we should, we should get our license and do this legally. And I said, okay. Uh, well, I got a spot to do it. We can do it in the barn. And he's like, well put up my kids' college money and buy a still. <laughs> I said, cool. And so we, uh, uh, he, he bought the still. We, we went through all the paperwork, and he, we ordered a still. And we had uh, all the copper for the still was made in Buffalo at Cook Metal Spinning, which is in kind of North Buffalo. Um, so we're pretty, pretty proud of that. And uh, we got this little distillery, uh, this idea going. And... We needed we needed one more piece. We needed a guy that knew uh, HVAC, and it happened to be my cousin Eric, who was the third partner. So we kind of roped him into it. <laughs> he didn't he didn't have any idea what we, he was getting into. Um, but he's a steam fitter by trade, which is pretty a uh, pretty good guy to have on staff Absolutely. if you're starting a distillery because it's all heating and cooling. Uh, so he worked for, at the time, he was working for uh, Carrier or Joe Davis. Well, he went to Joe Davis and then Carrier. Um, and then eventually he started working for uh, the city. But he, he's a really mechanical guy. I mean, we, we always joke around that he's going to build a robot. And, you know, <laughs> he's, he's that kind of guy. So, uh, so we roped him in, and we found parts on... Craigslist. We've bought a used uh, steam boiler on Craigslist, and he bought a pipe threader, and we we threaded all the pipe and built this system to run the, the still. And we were cooling it with uh, uh, well water. 
So oh, we would just, you know, cool the condenser with well water. So it was, it was pretty hillbilly. <laughs> um, it, and it was in this little, you know, we called it the moonshine shack. Um, and we had a license for it. Um, and that's originally, uh, we knew we wanted the name of the distillery to be Buffalo Distilling. I think we all knew at some point we would move it into the city and the name was available. Um, and we were going to have our brand also be Buffalo Distilling, uh, or Buffalo Bourbon, Buffalo Vodka, you know, whatever the, the product was. We actually registered it, and it didn't take long uh, for us to get letters from Buffalo Trace, oh. suggesting we not use Buffalo in, the, in our branding. They're not even from Buffalo. Well, that's what we said. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? You know, uh, here are these guys in Kentucky. They've made billions of dollars. <laughs> um, so we, we kind of, they tried to rope us into using lawyers. Um, and we, we just, you know, tried to handle them ourselves. And some of the correspondences are pretty funny. We'll probably frame some of the letters someday. Because, uh, there were some, there were some vulgarities in there, <laughs> but uh, um, we eventually uh, we decided the, to keep the, the company name Buffalo Distilling because we sought some legal counsel, and you, you, that name was available and it was okay for us to use as a as a distillery name as a company name. But we thought, well, all right, we'll change the, the branding name, and. There was a decorative rooster on the side of the barn that only had one leg, and that's where the One Foot Cock brand name came from, uh, on the side of the barn out in Bennington, this little rooster. And it kind of made sense that, you know, you're, when you're distilling, when a lot of these distilleries, they're out in a farm setting, there's roosters running around, um, and that's where our roots were, out there. So. Uh, it, it fit, and it's also a brand that sticks out pretty yeah. good, too. So. It's awesome. A little uh, bit. Yeah, okay. about one foot. So, <laughs> Ish. So, so, but that, but that it, you know, I always tell the story that I, I almost want to send uh, the lawyers from Buffalo Trace a letter thanking them for, for pushing us that way because I think it, it gets more traction. You know, it moves the needle. Not everybody loves the brand name, but you know what, you're never going to make everybody happy. And what is drinking? It's about having fun. Right. And it's about having a good time, breaking the ice, and, and not taking things too seriously. It's about relaxing and having a good time and, and reflecting on life and, and, and joking around. So, so that's the story of, of kind of where the brand was born. And we did that out there uh, for about four years. And uh, it, was, it was a lot for the guys to come back and forth out from the city because Eric and Andy were living out there. And at the time, um, I was working on a rental down in Allentown that I eventually moved into. And uh, so then I was ha having to commute back and forth. I rented out my house out in Bennington and uh, I was commuting out there. So we, we thought that, all right, we kind of got this hobby going. Let's... Uh, Let's take it to the next level. Let's let's find a place in the city and, and see what uh, see what we can do. So um, it just so happened I, I ran into a friend of mine out one night that happened to know uh, 
Howard Zemsky. Um, she she asked about the distillery. Hey, how's it going? You know, what what are you up to? And I said, hey, we're looking to, to move the little uh, moonshine shack into the city and, and maybe create a little bit of a place where people can come and, and see what we're doing. Because out there, it really wasn't. There, there's people that came out to check it out because they heard there was a right. there's a distillery in Bennington. We gotta find this place, you know. But uh, yeah. Um, so she's like, yeah, you should you should call Howard and. Uh, I'm like, well, I, I don't have his number. And she's like, well, I happen to, I happen to know him. So, so she made the connection, and uh, I still remember like it was yesterday. Uh, we met up with Howard, and he walked us through Larkinville, uh, Andy and I, and we, you know, we walked around what was the hydraulic earth and uh, some of the other buildings they had, and then we got towards the end of. Uh, Seneca near Smith and we see this cool old kind of boarded up three-story brick building and Howard's like what do you think and Andy and I were, were just like wow this is cool this is a really cool building it looks like a distillery let's do it so um, it took a couple of years to kind of they had to kind of stabilize it and then we came in and and built out the inside but they, you know, they took care of uh, basically making making it a, a good place to move into, and then we took over from there. So it was a it was a good timing, sure. uh, and they they were looking to have kind of a cool bookend uh, for their projects that were happening in Larkinville at the time. So so now here we are, uh, almost geez, almost three and a half, four years later. And this is the bookend. I mean, we're right by Smith right now. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, we touched about it in the first episode. Um, we were basically trying to figure out how to use a microphone, and we had we had a product in front of us that had a great story, a great taste, and then we were figuring out our super scientific rating scheme, and yeah. then we uh, we ended up figuring out that there's there's a point that we need to actually take this legitimately seriously because there's so much to the brands that we're representing that are all from buffalo and like your story it's it's so rooted into buffalo that we basically said we have to go back we have to retouch on it because there's so much like you said they stabilized the building so you can move in but then you moved in with more local buffalo stuff um like the wall behind like behind you is from wood that's from Elmwood, if I remember that correctly, right? Like you brought in materials that are from other projects that are in Buffalo and Correct. used it. Okay. Yep. So uh, the uh, the bar, the stone on the bar was it's cobblestone, and my father's neighbor is a mason. He worked for a masonry company, and he was doing a project in the fruit belt, and they were. I think they were replacing a sewer line or something. They were doing utility work where they had to dig up the road. And they dug out all this cobblestone. And the guy's name's Bob, Bob Schmidt. He, uh, he walked over to the guys and said, hey, what, you know, what are you guys doing with that stuff? And I think they were just getting rid of it. So he brought home loads of this cobblestone every day out, out to Bennington. <laughs> so my dad's from Bennington. Yeah. Uh, this was sitting in his front yard. Um, so when we were building the bar, I said, hey, Bob, that would be a cool idea to have, you know, I'd love to have a stone bar. And it just happened that it was from the city. It was, so it came, so I brought it back down to the city, and Bob 
Bob uh, built it. Um, Did so he that yell at you for wasting gas. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was uh, it was pretty cool. So so the the stone the the bar the base of the bar is cobblestone out of out of the fruit belt, and then the top of the bar, which is black walnut, um, that is from. Uh, I have a, a commercial space on Elmwood, right next to the town restaurant. And it used to be owned by a woman, her name was Margaret Martin, and she was a pretty renowned watercolor artist. And this, this building was her, uh, her art studio. And uh, so I, I had bought it uh, in, in 2016, 2015. And there was a, a black walnut tree in the back that needed to get cut down. So I had Drave's tree service cut, come and cut it down. And, and finally, I'm giving Tom Drave's a, uh, a shout out because the last time I talked about this, he, he heard he heard of the story. He's like, hey, you didn't mention my name. So, so Drave's came out, he cut it, and he was going to chip it. And I told him that, no, bring the wood cut it into 10-foot sections, and bring it out to my dad's house because Draves is out there from Darien. So he, he cut the tree down, and he brought it out there, but he's like, you know, nobody's going to cut it up. It's a city tree, which he's right. I mean, most of the time city trees have metal in them, and that's why they don't want to be cut up. But So I, I had my dad's neighbor who had a, a wood miser, another guy out there, I didn't tell him it was a city tree, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he cut it into slabs, and then I took the slabs, had them, had them dried in a kiln for a little bit, and then took those down to Braun Millwork and Arcade, and they, they glued them together and sanded them down and, and basically built, uh, you know, built the bar rail, built the bar and mitered it. Bar. And, but it came, that was a tree near the corner of Allen and Elmwood. Kind of near the town, so uh, that was a piece of piece of it as well. Um, that glass has a story. I mean, I don't know how far you guys want me to go. And we have whatever amount of time that you want. So yeah. if you want to tell a story? <laughs> the, we the, love it. The glass has a cool story too. Um, so there's a glass. We had to build a wall in between the bar and the and the uh, what we call the harvest room, which is where all of our our barrels are. Where we are right now. Where right? we are right now. Uh, you, you had to have the bonded area separate from the the bar area, so we built this wall. And my my, I had these these pieces of glass that I got from a company my brother works for. At, at the time, the company was called CBO. Uh, CBO was the company that got the contract to supply all the glass for the federal courthouse when they built it downtown. Um, so. That glass was leftovers that they were throwing out when the job was done. Uh, so that glass was heading for the dumpster, and my brother called me and said, "Hey, you got to You got it. They're throwing out this glass. You could probably still grab a couple pieces." So I grabbed them, um, but it was—it's blast-proof glass. Wow! Uh, because the, it's the when you look at the front, if you look at go downtown and look at the new court building that's kind of round, it's it's curtained with this this glass. And it's you know any kind of federal building is going to be yeah. you need to have that. that well, it's good because you got a you got a music venue right on the other side of it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so do you want to touch on the kind of the space that you have outside there? I mean, you have the music venue. Do you have a lot of bands coming in too? We do. Yeah. yeah so I mean, through the summer months, we're open 
Tuesday through Saturday, uh, live music every evening, 7 to 10. Saturdays, we have a little matinee show, per se, trying to showcase a lot of the local talent. Um, we've got some pretty set systems right now. Um, Chetty, Chetty's Pleasures that are playing this evening. Uh, you know, they bring in a good crowd. We, we've kind of figured out who's what, but we want to continue to like kind of bring those new up-and-comers from Buffalo, um, get them moving as we continue the development of the building um, that we haven't quite touched on yet. Uh, there's going to be some opportunities for us to put on some like really nice size shows. And, uh, you know, Buffalo's got a lot of history in the music scene. Um, we really want to support everybody around us and, like, keep that entertainment going. I mean, music and drink and dance and right. fun, it all goes together. Um, so we really want to see how that works. Um, but yeah, I mean, the tasting room, we're really kind of, like, just getting to where we're comfortable to push out because we have a little bit more space to uh, bring in public events, private events. Um, we've done a great job even before I was on board really showcasing um, you know, the, the Polish Fest and the Polish Happy Hours or um, regional type things that are going on. But we, we want to be that spot as Larkinville continues to develop that you know, we're comfortable, we're cozy, you're always going to get greeted with a smile. Um, the great thing that New York State gave us is, yes, we can distill our own product and have a bar more than just a tasting room. I mean, um, a lot of, you know, when I was in California, a lot of places there, they don't have that same option. So you literally can own, you have to make every single thing you sell. Um, with the New York State Farm License, being able to have spirits that we may not currently make, but are made from our brethren down the road um, to have under our portfolio. That really gives an opportunity to like, you know, be a full service bar, be a full service venue, um, give everything that you would need to have, but we showcase 100% New York State. So, yeah, I mean, we call it a, a tasting room, but it's it's a, it's a bar. We're a venue, yeah, we're a, a bar, venue. we're a bar. It's venue. a bar venue. And it, I mean, it's surreal too. Uh, I think I was, you know, I was talking to you guys a little bit when I was showing you the warehouse. We, we set out to all of a sudden, we set out to be distillers, and then all of a sudden we were bar owners too now. Um, and there's times where the place is just rocking and you know, the three of us will look at each other and why did we become bar owners? You know? <laughs> but we have, we have a great staff, um, Tim, uh, Roy Bacchus, Tim Smith, Shelley Kempesty, uh, Amanda, just people that care uh, and breathe hospitality. You know, they they genuinely, when they ask you how you're doing, they they're not asking you just to ask you. They're asking you because they they want to know. Sure. And uh, the hospitality side of it is is paramount for us. So when you come in, we're going to do the best to give everybody the same experience. We, we want to, you know, if we can take the time with everybody come in see Tim or see one of the great the bartenders get a drink we're gonna give you a, a tour um, if Kevin's here he's gonna he's gonna nerd out with you as long as you want to nerd out <laughs> on, on the dynamics of, of making whiskey or alcohol you know, we, we want we want you to hang out and feel comfortable and feel like uh, everybody's getting treated equally sure. that's awesome so 
to nerd out, what <laughs> what do you do differently um, for the brand? Because obviously you're super passionate about the product, but what's what do you do specifically that's a little different that you're proud of and that you can talk about legally? <laughs> um, well, I've um, I've been interested in, in making alcohol for. Uh, a majority of my uh, my life. Uh, so I've, outside of just making stuff that will do the job, uh, the first stuff that I think anybody makes when they start making alcohol, whether it's beer, wine, cider, whatever, uh, first stuff is, well, it does the job. Right. And usually you don't pour a lot of it down the drain, as I think we all know. Uh, but uh, as we got in, or as uh, I got into things, I uh, really got interested in it. So uh, when I came on here, it was uh, a great opportunity to do that on a large scale. Um, the big difference in what uh, we do here uh, with the um, farm products is that we're making every drop of everything, right. um, which is very unique. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do what we do. Um, you can kind of almost jump in at any step in the process uh, from growing the grain yourself in your backyard to um, bottling the whiskey. You can kind of jump in wherever you want to uh, with any product. Um, what we do is we've got close relationships with small farms. Uh, they grow the grain and we jump in at the next step. So we receive that grain a couple times a week um, and we make all these products with that. Uh, outside of that there's also Smith Orchards. Uh, Brendan Smith over there growing apples. Uh, that's the other raw material we use. Okay. So John Hyman, uh, Sheldon Grain Company, he's growing uh, a lot of our grain. Um, we use a few other suppliers. Pioneer has been great, um, as well as Brendan Smith uh, growing our apples. Um, so making 100% of the raw material is, is, I would say, the most unique thing about what we do. If you find in any town, in any city, uh, you find a distillery, uh, the odds of finding that is is extremely unique. Um, outside of that, uh, we just care. Uh, we, we take a lot of pride in the products. Um, we all take pride in the products, and we all have a hand in it. Uh, anybody walks in the back room, uh, they're usually asked to drink something within the first <laughs> few seconds. doesn't matter what time of day it is. I do not take excuses. <laughs> It's awesome. It's not worth saying, though. No. You know, the thing that Kevin's done, too, is when we were out at the farm, we were kind of, we had been poking around and, and learning as we went. You know, and you're kind of training yourself, seeing what works, what doesn't work. And some of the stuff we made out there was, was good, and some of it was a novelty. You know, some of it was... Not so good. Um, but that's, that is going to be pretty much any distillery that's starting out. Any, any job that you are starting out in, you're going to kind of have to muster through it a little bit. And if you stick with it, you're going to get good at it. Um, we're, you know, it's the 10,000 hour thing, right? And we're, we're past that now. But I like to point out with Kevin, you know, when we were out on the farm, we were, we were figuring things out, but Kevin came in here and 
he he had the passion. No, I didn't know who he was. He he, he sent an email. <laughs> Very weird. It was, it was this guy. You know, we're, we're getting this place going, and um, you know, you're juggling ten chainsaws at flaming chainsaws at once, and you know, there was three of us at the, the three partners, and we're trying to do everything all at once, and uh, you got people reaching out to you looking for a job, and you're like, well. In Kevin's case, I I responded and I'm like, well, if you want to come in and hang out, I can't pay you, but come on in, man. And I and said, sounds great. <laughs> Just rolled with it. He came in that day, you know. So we we emailed back and forth a little bit. He came in that day, and you know, put him to work. And he worked for I don't know over a month. More, probably a couple months without, you know, we're, I think we're paying you in booze or something. Probably giving you <laughs> something. Good we could say that. Yeah. Are you from South legal? Buffalo? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's normal. I, 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 I'm from South Buffalo. It's definitely normal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, you know, so he, he kind of shadowed uh, us as we were distilling for about a year. And then he just, he pulled right ahead. He kept going. Uh, and he's taken it to another level. Um, and Kevin is aligning himself with people in Kentucky, uh, people that have been doing it for a long time, people in New York, um, that really know the craft, that have been doing it for you know 25 years, 30 years. But Kevin has, has really taken the ball and ran with it and taken it to the next level. I mean, since we've been making whiskey, since he's come here, uh, and we've had time to, to do that now. It's been, what, over three years you've been here. We've harvested some stuff that, that he, when he took over, and it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, where this whiskey is going, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's a, special, it's a special whiskey. It's really good. So uh, I just wanted to point that out, you know, that uh, we got a guy that's going to be, he's not in this to do this for, like, a couple years, and then, you know, I think I'm going to go, you know, do, uh, some kind of car, you know, work on cars. Never or, even thought of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, you know, this guy is, is, is in it for life, and he's going to be one of those guys that you read about. You know, you go, go down to Wild Turkey and see uh, Jimmy Russell <laughs> sitting there hanging out. That's going to be Kevin. That's awesome. You know. That's a goal. You can already see that. You know, already kind of see it. So, kind of going off of the the learning process, Kevin, can you talk about how you learned it? And then also, Craig, you're a distiller too. So, do you guys want to kind of talk about how you learned to start distilling? It's two different stories. Uh, (laughs) But but they they beat up at a point. (laughs) I'll I'll lay my my, uh, deal out. Uh, I was uh, kind of a, I don't know what you'd even say. Uh, a student. I was a young, a young man. Um, still are. Still. <laughs> All right. So around like 13, 14 years old, I wanted to make beer. Uh, so I got my dad a beer kit so that, um, so then I could make beer. Uh, it was a great gift. He had never ever talked about making beer, but happy Father's Day. <laughs> I want to make beer. So. Uh, we started making beer. We made like two or three or four batches. One of them blew up. It was great. Uh, bottles actually exploded uh, oh, wow. on a drive. So it blew up literally. Literally blew up <laughs> on a drive up to Maine. 
It was like a Loganberry <laughs> wheat, and it blew up um, after we had bottled it. But I heard that happened to some big guys recently, so I don't feel that bad about it. Um, but uh, moral of the story, we weren't very great at it. So we kind of uh, delved away from it um, around 15 or 16. Um, I kind of had this one day where I thought, I wonder how whiskey is made. Uh, and I was kind of that kind of guy. Um, wondered how stuff worked. T- took a lot of stuff apart. Uh, tried to fix stuff when I was a kid. Um, got into electronics and mechanics. Um, so one thing led to another. Uh, and the last couple years of high school, I was making moonshine in my mom nice. and dad's garage. Um, <laughs> so that's that's where we started. Uh, and then... Which we just talked about this the other day, because uh, I've, I've had the pleasure of getting to know Kevin's parents pretty well. Oh, boy. And his, 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 his <laughs> mom is like the sweetest woman you'll ever meet in your life. And his dad's super cool, too. And I'm like, Kev, what? Like... Didn't didn't your mom get pissed off when you were like making moonshine in her in her garage? You know, in her she had like this this room where she made uh, how did she make? She made, she made cookies. She made cookies. She made cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, cookies and moonshine. She's <laughs> like, well, you know, yeah, she'd get mad, but she wouldn't she wouldn't yell at me. She would tell your father. <laughs> She'd tell you, my dad, to, you know, your dad, to go talk to you. And I'm like, well, yeah, she's, and then what, you know, what would your dad say? He said, your, your mom. Listen, your mother. Your, your mother, mother really mother doesn't really want me does. having these talks with you. <laughs> awesome. That sounds like upstate New York life to me. Absolutely. So that's, uh, I was kind of making some moonshine. Um, really liked it. Was spending more time doing that than the things I should have been doing. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Look where you are now. Well, it was a, it was a trade school in a garage, right? Right. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> not necessarily how the fam looked at it uh, in in my younger years. Um, so it was a point of contempt. Uh, ended up going to college, uh, working in radio for a little while. Wasn't super happy. Um, long, you know, we got to this end of the story over here. Was applying for uh, bartending jobs, uh, waiting for somebody to pour beer for me. Was actually waiting outside of a bar that I won't even bring up, but the guy didn't show up uh, for the interviews. Uh, there were a couple other people there just waiting to be interviewed, never showed up. Frank calls me. Uh, I drove right over, and uh, there we go. Uh, left the garage, never made another batch of moonshine, <laughs> yeah. allegedly. And now he's got a laboratory. Yeah, yeah, really. It's a laboratory. And we are excited uh, about. So we we've just taken over some more space here at the distillery, and we're very excited about building Kevin a lab to see what he can come up with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Before we get into Craig's story, you want to talk about what you just poured us right now? Okay, so just so we're not you mentioned that you mentioned that this is going to be airing uh, on the seventeenth. So I, I thought I'd put a little throw down out there. Um, this is our bourbon barrel aged Krupnik. Um, so Kevin, go into the, the science behind it if you'd like real quick. Um, but this is our platinum award winning Krupnik aged in our bourbon barrels. Um, and this is great. The high end of the microphone is going to love that. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Watch your clips. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, so uh, the 23rd, which is a week from Saturday, we're having a release party, polka music from 2 to 5. Um, Andy, one of the partners that was mentioned earlier, will be back here shoveling off all the bottles that were pre-ordered, and we're going to have like Polish platters and all sorts of fun stuff going. Um, and that evening, we're actually um, doing an event as well with uh, 716 Music for uh, the cause, um, which goes benefits the... Uh, Holocaust Museum. Oh, cool. Um, so it's going to be quite the day here, yeah. around here at the distillery. But oh, yeah. this stuff is fantastic. You get all the nice full flavor of the Krubnik and yeah. then it just pulls in. And it's funny because if you, you know, you let the bottle sit a while and all the pectin from all the, you know, the primary honey, you can kind of see that smokiness oh, to yeah. it. That'll settle down and it, it brings the char right from the barrel out. It's, and it's, it's just nice. It's very good. Sipping or shooting yeah. or however you like to celebrate. <laughs> Way to go. That's really good. So for uh, post-release, where can people get it? Here. We're at the Barrel Aged. Uh, the Barrel Aged is just available here. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the regular uh, Krupnik is available. We'd have to, you'd have to go to our website, but most of the major liquor stores carry it. So, yeah, I've definitely seen it around. You may know. or may not have purchased a few bottles. Yeah. 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 Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Really appreciate. I, I just want to do a time check, too. What time is the band going on? Because we're going to get blown out here soon, right? It's or is this pretty blown good? Blown out because okay. of that federally uh, insane nice. glass. So let's just bring the Explosion microphones crew. close so I can bring the uh, design down yeah. a little bit to try to get some of the, uh, the background. Oh, no, for sure. And while we're taking that little time check, uh, Frank, do you want to share that freshy, freshy bottle? Get some bourbon. Let's do I it. I mean, we should probably have yeah, some bourbon. Yeah. 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 That's what I brought. All right. There should be some refreshing classes to it if you want. We're not that prissy. All right. We're good. All right. <laughs> I want to create more dishes. Thank you guys so much. That works for us. That's awesome. Um, that was fun. Julep. So who's who's a dog? Thank you. Thank you. That's Julep. That's Julep. Julep is the you know the head. She's basically the CFO. She's my she's my servant. <laughs> yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm all about it. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a huge dog nut. I'm obsessed with dogs. So, so I'm all about is, it. Julep, I'm right there with you, brother. Julep is, she is, uh, she's my obsession as well. That dog is, she's here hanging out. She's obviously named after a whiskey drink. Mint Julep. Um, she's just a cool, chill dog. She's uh, Jack Russell Chihuahua. She was a rescue. I got her um, when she was three months old from uh, Flying Bison was doing a rescue event with, uh, with Pixie Mamas, uh, which is a rescue place. And they go to states that have kill shelters. And uh, I went over there, you know, I'm like, with the thought, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get a dog. And then uh, I met oh, you. Oh, it starts. Yeah. Not going to get one. Not, not going to get, get one. one. <laughs> All right, I'll take one. Right. Get, life, life changer, man. Yeah. yeah. You know? So she's always around, hanging out. Yeah. Frank has um, not had a long-term serious relationship since because he prefers <laughs> his relationship uh, with his dog. Oh, man. Oh, that is not 100% true. I o I've only known Frank like, for like about two months. She likes long to the fire station every once in a while. So what are we drinking here? This is uh, this is our 80 proof bourbon, um, about two years old, uh, aged in Adirondack barrels, uh, Adirondack cooperage barrels, and uh, just 
smooth and smooth and beautiful. Is, it, is that what's behind us here too, or is it something else? Yeah, we got to talk about what's in the barrels. So yeah, most of most of the stuff in here is bourbon. We do have a yeah, pretty good. Not. We put up a pretty good slug of rye. Okay. So that's something that uh, you guys we could we could have a whole another session on. When we when it's time, so Empire Rye. I don't know if you know much about it. It's its own designation. Uh, you, they just made this uh, designation over the last couple years, I believe. He's just waiting for the rest of the Senate to, or the TTB to finalize it. Well, it's it's as far as New York State, I think. It's, yeah, it's, New York State, it's one hundred percent. Yeah. So what Empire Rye is, you have to use. Uh, rye grown in New York. You have to similar rules to uh, bourbon, but it has to be New York. So new charred oak barrel, minimum of uh, two years or three years. It's two years. It's two years. Yeah. Um, but we put up a batch of that. Uh, we're gonna wait. I think we're gonna wait three years on ours. Uh, what minimum? You can't be in the barrel higher than 115 I think is, is yeah one which is very unique for yeah. so that's that's something that's usually kinda, 125 on a barrel yeah and, and the uh, the distilleries used to age their products at lower proofs um, but when the bean counters got involved what happens is uh, when you do that you need more barrels so the lower the proof, the more liquid you have. Uh, when you put it in at a higher proof, you, you're going to have, you, you need less barrels. Because when you're pulling it out, say you put it in at 125, you pull it out at 125, well now you're, you're going to add a lot more water to get it down to 80. There's more water in it at 115. So you're aging the water that's in there. So it's probably some accountant somewhere said, hey, you know, geez, if you, if you lowered it, if you, if you raised the proof up to a minimum of 125, which is the bourbon standard, um, you'd save a hell of a lot of money in terms. That's, I mean, that's, that's kind of an assumption that I've made, but it makes sense. Um, so we're actually aging a lot of our whiskey now and our rye and our brandy at 115. Um, and there's there's some other guys doing that downstate as well. I think uh, I think Copper Sea's doing that. Um, Just about everything now is going in a barrel at yeah. 115 or lower. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were aging at steel down at 115. You know, you guys were doing 115. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. 125 was a happy tanning, but yeah. it was Hence also the, uh, the signature Golden Grain whiskey, which is also limited release November 30th. Oh, nice. Phil Plug. Uh, the, the Golden Grain Whiskey is a, it's also a throwback to the original Buffalo Distilling. Uh, there was a Buffalo Distilling around, like I said, from 1883 to 1914. And one of their brands, uh, one of their products, was called Golden Grain Whiskey. Um, so we took a um, illustration that they had and re-illustrated it. Casey Kelly did it. Uh, she re-illustrated this, this um, poster and turned it into a label for us and made the, the Golden Grain brand. Um, so it's kind of a throwback to the original Buffalo Distilling. Before you guys go, we actually have 
an original bottle from the, the original Buffalo distilling. Um, it was made between 1883 and 1914. That's awesome. So wow. it's that is so cool. It, and it's still full. Really? It's still Never full. Never uncorked. Never been uncorked. Wow. We think it's the only one in existence. A guy reached out to us. Um, this guy cleaned out people's basements sure. for, he, for a living. Yep. And he said it was down in Jamestown. He, he got a call from this woman, uh, widowed. She had a basement full of booze. She didn't drink. Her husband apparently was you know, a, hoarder. a hoarder of booze. <laughs> yeah. I'm going, can you imagine coming across this stuff? Seriously. Love to see that so, episode. Oh, my God. So he reached out to us, and he said, hey, I got – he had the um, the wood crate that, they, that it came in. He had the sleeve. So they had, like, these paper kind of pre-cardboard kind of paper sleeves that, that it goes in. And then he had the actual bottle with the liquid in it. Now, when I when he called when he called when he reached out, I didn't think it was going to have the liquid in it, so I right. was like shocked. Um, and I probably would have paid a lot more for it than <laughs> I did. But I was. We, so, question: When will you ever open it? If ever? Um, uh, probably on a, maybe someday. Yeah. Um, I've talked to some guys that uh, you can pierce it and extract some without letting in air. They have that for, for like wine. the Corvana system. Yeah. yeah. So I think maybe someday maybe we'll do like a, a some yeah, kind of a promotion or something where, you know, you can win a taste of right. all this stuff, which would be awesome. It would be pretty I'm cool. really curious because, I mean, I've been in the booth, well, the bar slash booze business for a long time now. <laughs> um, so I've tasted a lot of wine, beer, spirits from all over the world. I've never heard of a whiskey that's over 100 years old. Yeah. And what that would taste like yeah. after being just like barrel rested, or, you know, like bottle rested yeah. in a basement. So without letting air in, it doesn't decompose or. It's definitely. It's. You don't want. There's no alcohol evaporation that happens when it's sealed. Yeah. So I mean, the alcohol proof should be. When you see the bottle, UV it is a little good. lower. So there's got to be some form of evaporation in there. However. I mean, the potency and the like, the caramelization Absolutely. of that color. I mean, it just it looks so pretty. Yeah. It looks like so aviator red, like. If, uh, before you guys leave, we built a little, we built shrine. a little like shrine for it That's behind so, glass. It's such a good idea. Uh, to you know, to display it. And we have some other stuff. We have Do some. You old use any bulk, uh, bulk proof glass on that? <laughs> we probably should. Yeah. We probably should. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. After yes, this interview, we will need. To. It is bulk glass. <laughs> it's all full of yeah. 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 really bonded, secured. It's alarmed, all, yeah. yep. but uh, we have some old letterheads. We have uh, the, the Buffalo Distill, the original. So Gustav Fleischmann, he the guy had a sense of humor. He's probably uh, he's probably pretty. He probably is giggling a little in his grave about the one foot cock. Some of his handouts are very provocative. They're pretty funny. Um, when we so we're going through a bit of an expansion right now. Once we have more room and uh, places to put this stuff. We're going to make more displays to showcase some of this, this nice. these artifacts yeah. because they're they're really yeah, cool. There, I mean, they, he had coins, he had like these tin press stuff, he had these booklets. Um, cool yeah, it's it's really cool stuff. So did they so. call it Buffalo Bourbon or something? Like 
It was golden. The, it was golden green. That's what you got to email back to Buffalo Trace. Be like, listen, man, we've been here since 1860. Well, <laughs> 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 Kevin's shaking yeah. Yeah. It, their ears. Their brand was golden green, and then it, they had another one called 4C. Is that going to kill us? the boys at Mo, uh, they came into Buffalo to play the three nights at Town Ballroom, but they forgot all their shirts. Oh, good. So we have to bring them new shirts. Perfect. Oh, Andy used to, and maybe some, yeah. Andy used to play with those guys. He's, he's friends with those gotcha. guys. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, if we wanted to end it right now, we can always come back at a different time and continue the discussion or talk about what else you guys have coming up. Well, we, we would yeah. love to talk more with you guys. Um, I mean, I think we should probably do it in Yeah, we can do a part two. Yeah. Yeah. Let's what roll in. Because especially with the gin coming up, too, it'll yeah. be fun to kind of, like, watch the ev- evolution. Sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, well, well, obviously, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be right. We work within the schedule list, so we'll continue working, and we'll yeah. get something scheduled. Absolutely. Awesome. We cool. All right. Well, well, thank you guys very much for your time. We really appreciate it. This is awesome. Well, thank you for coming thank you. out. Thank yeah. you. Of Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.